We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Swolders, and Juan Daniels. Um, just want to let you all know, guys, uh, obviously, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Kobe, Juan, how are you all doing today? Doing good, man. Just, uh, you know, Wednesday, middle of the week. Uh, you know, I have a question for some people out there. I'm, I'm sitting here, came home for lunch to do the show today. How long is too long to still have your Christmas tree up in your living room? I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not that's what the people are asking today because I'm maybe staring at one right now. So uh, mine's still up, so I'm not worried about it at all. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> just saying. Juan, what about you? What uh, I mean, I guess we'll start off with a random uh, anecdote, but and, and question. But what is your uh, what is Okay, so Joel says past January 1st. Is that too long? Only teams who won their bowl games can vote, Joel. <laughs> Jesus. That's fair. That's fair. The brigade, the, brigade, uh, the brigade. Welcome in, guys. Pat, Joel, Toxic Twinkie, welcome. Welcome. Uh, we have a ghost goat today. Um, what people don't understand, though, I just want to let people understand that. Um, listen. You know, Juan, Juan's saving the day somewhere. Okay, so he's taking the time out of his day. You know, listen, there was uh, there was some uh, talk in the chat earlier, and <laughs> God Almighty, some of the things Juan Daniels can do, folks. He can listen. Chuck Norris tells Juan Daniel jokes. Okay, let's just let's just leave it at that. Well, what but we I, found out it was more, you know, more what Kobe can do. So he's like the the most mysterious man. And again, anybody that can parallel park a train. That's a bad dude. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know, listen, going back in history, Juan, you're you're a fan of history. I mean, you lived it. Uh, but you know, if you're familiar <laughs> with the, the movie Tombstone, right? The OK Corral. Uh, it is only called that because Juan Daniels never stepped foot in that building. Just gonna leave yeah, it there. Yeah. <laughs> Just leaving it there. But enough about enough about those little anecdotes and how how impressive Juan and Kobe are. TCU Horn Frogs, folks. This is your opponent for the national championship. This is who stands in your way from back-to-back national championships. 
So what better way to, you know, to sit there and let's analyze this stuff, right? Let's do that. We're going to take a deep dive into TCU. Everybody's aware of Max Duggan, right? But we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive there. I think there's some key positions, key players in these positions that Georgia should be aware of. You as fans should be aware of, right? They're a well-coached football team. We're going to leave that out there. Now, Sonny Dykes in his first year as a TCU head coach has them playing for a national championship. Okay? So that should not be taken lightly whatsoever. Should not be at whatsoever. They play a 3-3-5 defense. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about that because it's we've seen it before, but it's not a typical defense that everyone's used to seeing week in and week out. And listen, they do it very well. All right? They run that 3-3-5 extremely well. Right? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but first, you know, listen, let's go ahead and break this down. Max Duggan. Guys, I want to get y'all thoughts on Max Duggan because I feel there's some similarities with Stetson here uh, in regards to the, their character, uh, their playing game uh, from these Horn Frogs. Yeah, I think Max Duggan, I agree, has some similarities to Stet's story on the fact that, you know, he, he kind of came out of high school, you know, um, just really hasn't ever put it all together necessarily. Um, but really this year's kind of burst onto the scene and, and has almost willed his team to win numerous games this year. I mean, we, we all remember talking week nine, you know, Juan telling you TCU garbage, you know, I mean, defense can't play <laughs> all offense looks streaky at best. And then I feel like something kind of clicked when they played Texas where the defense looked legitimate, the offense looked like it could score if it had to to win. You know, they have the the stumble against Kansas State that they get stopped at the one-yard line twice, otherwise they win that game. But, I mean, Max Duggan really has been a difference maker for this team. And like we talked about yesterday, his legs are going to be dangerous in this game just as much as his arm. I mean, we look at his stats in the air. I mean, they were they were average at best in the playoff game. I think he threw 50% for 225, threw two touchdowns. I think he ran for two touchdowns, too, if I remember right. But then he threw two picks as well. So, it, you know, he's, he's definitely got to play well for them to play well as well. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Couldn't get that out of my head. But <laughs> – it uh, it'll be interesting to see. He just is, he's come on the scene quick, but I don't know. I don't know. It, we'll see how his legs worry me more than his arms. That'll be what I'll say on that. I think. Well, what do you see, man? Man, I, I see um, and and Max Duggan a a competitor. Um, I, I see a humble kid that you know goes and and gives it everything that he has. If you actually look at that big 12 championship, they were out, they were pretty much done. And he willed them all the way down the field um, in order for them to even have an opportunity to, you know, to, 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 to win that thing. So he's, he's a gritty guy. I think that his team rallies around him. And uh, you know, for, for me, as far as, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, I don't think that there's any comparison with, 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 with Stetson Bennett, you know, Max Duggan, you know, I, I'll take him, hands down all day. Um, but it's kind of cool to see two teams that are Heisman finalists, you know, uh, going at each other. 
they have Heisman finals. Sorry. Yeah, that I think the interesting thing for me is this, right? Like there's so I think everybody at this point has understood that TCU's been doubted, right? They I think they were finished I think they were projected to finish seventh in the Big Twelve before the season started, right? Now you're sitting here with a chance to make history if you're TCU, right? Listen, this is the closest they've sniffed a title since 1938, folks. Um, listen, that was that was when Juan was think was maybe a, a pre freshman, probably a eight, you know like a freshman in college, maybe. Oh um, yeah, it's it's been a minute, folks. So you know they're listen they've they've had this you know stigma to them, right? And, and they're proving people wrong week in week out, right? During the regular season, you sit there, you're like, it's just a matter of time, things like this. And then they keep finding ways. You you look at what they've done throughout the season, come from behind multiple times, multiple times played from behind, right? You sit there, I think everybody remembers that, like that ordeal, guys, against Baylor, where you run the ball and in a matter of, what, 13 seconds, you kick a walk-off field goal as time expires. That is, first off, that's a testament to excellent coaching, right? Focus to special teams and pure discipline from the entire team, right? From the offensive changing to the special teams, the amount of focus and discipline that takes just proves the point that they're well coached. I don't understand. And if you're if you're still doubting TCU and why they should not be here, I, I can't help you now because – they have proven time and time again that they are worthy of being here. Right? Don't let that Big 12 championship game loss fool you and make you believe that they shouldn't be because they are more than worthy of it. That, They're like the modern-day Rocky, you know, where, where you would see Rocky getting pummeled. Yeah, he would be getting pummeled and pummeled. And, and, and in order for Georgia to, to win this game, you got to completely knock them out. Because they're at no point in time are, are they ever out of a game because they're just they're a scrappy bunch. And, you know, what makes this team so dangerous, what makes, you know, Duggan so dangerous is, number one, they're not they're not supposed to be here. And number two, they have nothing to lose. And for for most of their fan base, probably for most of the guys on their on their team, this is a moral victory. So at, at worst, at best, they're going to be national champions if you know, if we don't go out there and, and put us, you know, lay the sledgehammer to them. Well, well, you look at it, you know, no different than kind of the 2017 team that we had. Not that it was quite as as drastic, but I mean, you went from playing TCU in the Liberty Bowl. I think you went eight and five that year. You lost to Vandy at home. You lost to Tennessee. You know, you lost to Florida. A couple of those games to the next season. You're, you're on top of the mountain playing in the national championship, and everybody's looking around going, oh, my God, we can, we can do this. We can play at the biggest level of football. And then, you know, it, it definitely wasn't a moral victory to lose that game the way we did. But when you kind of look around and say, okay, you know, maybe this is the coach. He is the guy. You know, they had Gary Patterson there. I don't know, maybe since Juan played, but um, <laughs> um, but they they fired him. It's kind of like firing Mark Rick. It was such a big. I mean, the guy has a statue. He's alive and has a statue outside of the stadium at TCU. You know, it it, 
to fire him and say, okay, coach, you've done all you can do for us. You know, we have to go in a different direction to bring in Sonny Dykes and him be like, okay, this is how I want it done. And, and it's working right before their eyes. I mean, you've, you've 13 and one, you know, going to play for national championship, have a chance to unseat the defending national champions. I don't know if you could ask for anything more in the first year of a head coach. No doubt. So, Rudes poses a question for me. Uh, wants to hear about this being the first small school to make the playoffs since it started. Um, you know, listen, obviously you look at Cincinnati being a group of five school, uh, but, you know, but at the same time, TCU is actually a kind of a small school if you're not familiar with it. Um, so, this is a – like yeah, it's it's extremely small compared to the other schools that you're typically used to seeing. So, you know, this is a for them, this is monumental, right? Like when I think about the game in SoFi, right, I, I'm expecting a sea of red. But don't listen, don't count out the TCU faithful, man. They will come out of nowhere. Do you think that you think there's a small portion of fan base? I promise you, you will see some purple in those stands. Come Monday, I promise. Oh, this you is that. a this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You can best believe you're gonna. I I wouldn't be surprised if Ladanian Tomlinson buys out everybody's ticket so that you know he can have an opportunity to, you know, to to get that fan base there. This is a special moment for them. So um, you you know, look at look for them to pack the place out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, uh, one of the things that you, you brought up, right, like TCU, you know, when you look at TCU, you know, you look at LT, right, LaDainian Tomlinson, right, coming through. And, and that's impressive in its own right because they've had some great players come through. But to kind of transition this back to, you know, TCU of today, right? Everybody's familiar with Max Duggan. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move over to the next position, and it's Kendra Miller, man. Kendra Miller, number 33. I don't know if y'all watched the Michigan game. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming y'all did. But that boy can run, and he's physical. He's physical. Now, there's also some questions of whether he'll be able, uh, available to play, right? He's, I think his status is questionable. I uh, don't necessarily know what happened in the Michigan game, but obviously at that point you, know, you have to kind of monitor that. But if he's running the ball, you better bring your lunch pail because they're physical. I think people questioned 
TCU, right, in the semifinal against Michigan because the the, the whole mo- notion of Michigan being right like the same kind of brand of physicality as Georgia. What I saw in that playoff game, that semifinal, Michigan didn't look nearly as physical as TCU did. TCU flew to the ball. They were they they came down. They them physically and to me it caught me off guard I wasn't expecting that type of physicality you know I was thinking a little bit more finesse things like that but no 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 Max Duggan ran right into some people for a touchdown Kendra Miller right ran hard in between the tackles of Michigan so don't underestimate if you're Georgia you better bring your lunch belt for four quarters because they're a physical bunch even though you would not expect them to be Kobe, you and, look like you're about to say something. Yeah, I was going to bounce off what you were saying about, you know, LT may buy the place out and all these great running backs. Um, you know, I, I just kind of want to hear the brigade's opinion, maybe your opinion, Juan's opinion. If your name is Zach Evans and you were the number one running back mm. and you mm. signed a national letter of intent to a school and then you felt the need to back off, no problem, you know, some uh, – Go where you feel feel like it's home. And then you sign and and enroll at another school for two years um, and then transfer out and play at Ole Miss. How do you think you're feeling right now to know that you could honestly have a chance to impact a national championship game had you stayed at Georgia or stayed at TCU? But instead, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to throw wow. this out there, but I'm glad you brought that up because that was something that I'd almost forgotten about. Listen, obviously the show's live on YouTube, so if there are any TCU fans that somehow stumble upon this, please let us know in the comments what your thoughts are as well. Right? This is, if you see this, we just <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess you could say that as well, but um, but no, I, I think it's interesting, right? Like. I feel like that would have to be a slap in the face almost, man. Like, because when he left, it ultimately opened up the door for Kendra Miller to really become the the running back, you know, the, the well-known running back there. And like I said, he's a physical back too. Like that kid, that kid is physical. He is not afraid to come and make contact, right? Like Georgia, we always know that Georgia with Kenny Mack and Kendall Milton, they're not scared. They're they. They want that contact, especially Kendall, especially Kendall. So the fact that you have Kendra Miller coming in, you know, and, and embracing contact, there's some similarities slowly starting to show themselves of kind of what we what we see with Georgia offensively, right? These guys aren't scared of contact, guys. They're not. They, you know, you look at what we saw. I mean, if you looked out throughout the year, cool. But for me, right, the Michigan game. The Michigan game to me is the best representation of what it could be against Georgia because, like I said, the national media wants to put Georgia and Michigan as the same kind of physical brands, right, styles, even though there's levels to this and Georgia's well above Michigan, but neither here nor there. Look at how they – look at how physical they were. So you have to expect that they're going to be up and ready for this game and they're going to play physical. And outside of the running back, I'm going to kind of transition a little bit over here. I want to go to the defense for just a second because it starts with their linebacker. 57, I don't know if y'all paid attention to him. There's a couple of them, actually. Uh, 57, Johnny Hodges, and number 13, D. Winters. 
when I watched that Michigan game, D. Winters had himself a fucking day, folks. He was everywhere making plays on the ball. Everywhere. 57. That boy's thicker than a Southern biscuit. All right. He's just, he's thick, folks. He's bulky. He's big. But that also leaves a little bit of a vulnerability, perhaps, when you look at Georgia's offense and try to, you know, look at these mismatches, right? Uh, he's listed at 6'2, 240, uh, Johnny Hodges, number 57. Now, whether that's true or not, obviously, listen, y'all know this, Kobe. They didn't list you right when you were at Georgia because, I mean, you're Swarters. I don't, I'm, I'm not buying what Georgia listed you as. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. <clears throat> hey, you know what? I see, I see Kobe sitting here saying in the comments that I'm reading uh, a depth chart in front of me. Guess what? It's called doing homework, man. It's called doing homework. You got to do it if you're trying to, if you're trying to do the right thing. Oh, I'm, I'm just, just I'm just I'm saying. Just, I'm just hey. Oh, right. listen, listen, the brigade is always playing. So, I don't care, but uh, and and ultimately though, you you have to respect the speed of that defense too. Because that defense, like I said, they were flying, dude. They were flying to the ball, swarming to the ball. And, and if you're a Georgia fan, that's something you got to account for. They, yeah, they, they miss they missed some tackles, right? They missed some tackles, right? Because that third quarter was wild. I like this where Daniel Harper makes a point. He says, you know, and welcome Daniel to the show. Um, you know, this is a game where we'll exploit our speed, you know, exploit our speed for once and not our physicality as much, um, which is a great point because a lot of people don't realize TCU is a physical football team. They are. They, they just kind of remind you of that whole Kentucky physicality. They are. They're a physical football team. But this is where one of those games, you know, where speed kills. And I, I think that this is where we're going to really just kind of separate ourselves. Well, they can and, be exploited. And I think that you saw – I feel like you saw that Ohio State planned for some of that speed on those jet sweeps. It's like, you know, those jet sweeps for us normally um, are quite impactful, kind of, a you know, an extension of the run game. Ohio State had that number all night. And it's because they have guys with great speed that can play sideline to sideline. And, you know, shout out Harp. Harp was on the team in 16 when the Dogs beat TCU the first time. So uh, he, knows a, he knows a thing or two about gigging frogs. So, well, I like the comment. Yeah, he got some. So, so one of the things, though, right, we, we talked about, you know, Harp, Harp brought up a good point, right, about the speed over physicality. You're going to have to bring your physicality, but – we also saw that Michigan was able to slide receivers in over those safeties, right? We saw a couple long touchdowns, long touchdowns, where uh, Ronnie Bell, the Michigan receiver, slid over the, you know, got in over top. Do you, you know, obviously, and this will be a good transition into what the three through five presents, right? When you look at, like, when you look at what Michigan was able to do, right? Deep post route got in behind the safety, right? If Ronnie Bell got over that, my question is, seeing what Arian Smith just did Saturday, one can only imagine that he could be in store for a big, big game. You can't game plan to do just that, though. Right? You can't. You, I have to expect it. Brock Bowers has got to get utilized and involved. I think Lab McConkey, if he's going to be good to go, I think you look at him. The, the receiver – but honestly, the backs could be the biggest key here. So – yeah, and like I said, 
the three three five is a different style of defense. I think that we saw a little bit of that against Sanford this year. Now theirs was they they run a three three five, but I think TCU probably runs the best three three five style defense in the country this year, at least this year. Right. The one thing I think when you look at it though, if you're Georgia, right, and you're trying to operate on offense, the three three five is such it's such a different front that it can definitely cause problems along the offensive line because the slants that they make could ultimately make you either look stupid and they just, you know, blow up a play or there is the possibility of huge home run style uh, shots and, and plays. What are y'all thoughts on the three, three, five to, before we really kind of try to break this down a little bit? I mean, like you said, it's a high risk, high reward kind of defense to me. Um, you know, I know Juan really liked to see um, – ooh, I'm having trouble today. What's the freshman tight end's name? Why oh, um, Oscar, Oscar Dell. Dell. Oscar Dell. All I can think of was Cole Spinger, the receiver. I knew that, that was That was odd and random. Was, you need some Apatio's coffee, sir. You need some Apatio's coffee. Cole Spinger was stuck right there, and I don't want to embarrass myself. But Oscar Dell, if Darnell can't go, is going to have to have a big day. Because in the three three five, you only have three true big bodies down on the line. And anybody else that's lined up is kind of that, you know, in between, mid, maybe outside linebacker, maybe playing both. Um, you know, your tight ends are going to have to be able to hold blocks on linebackers kind of coming around the edge or even giving them a chip. Um, and, and Brock's going to be able to do that too. But, but like Juan said, you know, we really need Brock in the passing game this week to show up maybe a little earlier, kind of like Kirk said. You know, kind of was quiet. I think he only had one catch before the fourth quarter, and he ended up being our second leading receiver in the game. I mean, that's how big of a fourth quarter he had. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think there will definitely be some some big hitters in the run game. We just yeah. are deep enough at running back. Um, you know, it just depends when you hit them. And, and the big thing is take care of the ball. Uh, that that was the big thing last week that killed Michigan. You know, three turnovers. I, I know TCU had two or three turnovers too, but I mean, Michigan's came in the worst ways on either touchdowns against or took away touchdowns for. Yeah, so Michigan had two pick sixes, by the way. So keep in mind, we, we talk about these players, right? Bud Clark, <clears throat> excuse me, their safety, broke on a ball, and this was the first point scored of the game, if y'all remember. Uh, on the sideline, listen, that was, a, that was an extremely ac- uh, athletic play, and that was a great fucking play that he made on that ball because he undercut it just enough and picked it off, right? But when you look at the 335 guys, Juan, have you, Juan, have you played against a 335? No, I, I, no? I, no I've, I've never played against a 335, but, again, when you're just talking about Georgia's first exposure to that 335 earlier this year um, – you know, they, they didn't come out right away and do a whole lot. Um, you know, you saw where Stetson had, I think he ended up with like 300 yards passing, Kendall Milton, 85 yards rushing. But, you know, for, for that first quarter, um, you know, they came out with, you know, with the, with a couple of field goals. And you can best believe that TCU is going to run that 3-3-5 way better than Sanford did. So it'll be, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. Um, you know, the, the 3-3-5, you know, it's it's based off of quickness. Like, you've got to be quick. you got to be fast. You've got to have physical guys in the in the secondary, which, 
you know, they do. And we talked about that, that, that physicality that they bring, but you're also going to have to be, you know, be fast. The, the other difficult thing, right. You know, for Georgia, that's going to be in the beginning is it's hard to prepare for a three, three, five, because you don't normally see that you see your three, fours, your four threes. So for them to come out there, they're going to have to take some time to adjust to it. And then once they adjust to it, then that's when they're going to, I think, start cooking with oil. So, you know, as a, as a pat fact pops in, uh, pat fact, uh, Juan is successful against an 11 on one. <laughs> I mean, I, I, listen, not to be outdone. Uh, I, th- I think Kobe could literally, you know, Swolders, when Swolders is activated, uh, you're looking at 11 on one in a different way, but he would be successful too. Um, but going back to the three through five, right? Like when you look at the, the, the build of it, right? That's three down linemen, ultimately three backers, and then, right, five DBs, whether it be four, you know, two safeties, two corners, and I'm uh, like an outside backer used as that fifth or whatever, right? Uh, ultimately, you have five DBs in the in the back right there. So, you know, if I'm offensively, right, like you look at the three, like I said, the three-man front typically, right, you're going to have to, if you're offensive line, you have to play smart football and you have to be really smart and disciplined because like Kobe, like, you know, like we talked about a little bit, the, the slants, can create and disrupt uh, double teams, right? It's hard to double team when you when you look at these these combo blocks. They're hard to do because of the slants that they take. You know, so you have to be really sound and, and have good identification. And I think ultimately that starts with Cedric Van Pran Granger being able to you know identify the mic every play consistently because of the you know like I said because of this odd style defense. You will it, it's like Juan said it perfectly. You don't game plan and see this every single week. So it's going to be a little bit different. But this offensive line is experienced, right? Cedric Van Pran Granger, we saw it against Arkansas last year. Arkansas ran a little bit of 3 through 5 last year too. So we know what to, to look for. So I'm sure Kirby and company are running all the film they can from anything 3 through 5 on the offensive side of the ball, right, when you're game planning this. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, you know, like you said, uh, when we played Sanford, I think he uh, sets and threw for 300, right? And then you ran for some. But if you go back to the Arkansas game, what did we do successfully? Some out, like getting guys in the outside, right? Try to beat them with speed, right? But then running it down their throats. At, you know what I mean? Like when you run it down their throats, it, the, if you do it right, the three-man front can get eight up if you do the right run scheme. But you have to you have to be smart and sound on the offensive line, and that's where it starts. But I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see the receivers. One, if, if you're in a three through five, would you expect to see more zone coverages, or I, I would expect to see a blend of man and zone? But what what are your expectations it, uh, in it's, regards it's gonna to be, coverage? Yeah, it's, it's going to be more man to man because you know what, and that three three five is designed to have all types of exotic blitzes. And so in order for you to do that, to try to confuse it, you're going to have to go, man, you can't necessarily sit in zone um, against that. So the receivers should have a have a big day. However, you're just, you know, Stetson's going to have to get the ball out of his hands a lot quicker because those guys are coming. But then that's what you saw, you know, J.J. McCarthy do. And J.J. McCarthy is not a passer, uh, so to speak. He's not your 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 guy. They rely heavily on the run which, you know, TCU did a great job of just kind of shutting that down, but they were not expecting J.J. to throw as much as he did. So our receivers are going to have, I believe, a, a, a big day um, when it comes to um, offense. Uh, no, so we talk about the receivers. 
right? Georgia is predicated on getting guys in space and creating yards after uh, after the catch. Now, my question is this: with our screen game being as effective as it has all season, right? What I saw from TCU against Michigan, I don't know if y'all remember this, but I want to say they got number fourteen. Um, Number 14, I think it was uh, Kamara, Camera or Kamara, excuse me. He he sniffed out a Michigan screen pass and lit that man up when they were closer to goal line. So again, right, like they, you know, the screen game, they're physical, they're smart, right? But I think getting them out and spray sped, spreading them out, right, trying to find mismatches with how they have to cover man. Right, that it to me should be the key if you're Todd Munkin on offense. And listen, I'm just letting you know if I'm Todd Munkin, or at least if if I'm looking at Todd Munkin, I have faith in Todd Munkin. By the way, uh, Rude says that three three five ain't stopping our run. Got a blitz to add another run blocker, but then that gives Stet time in the pocket. If if it's done right, Stet could have a lot of time. And and to me, I think that's interesting because when you give Stetson Bennett time, knowing you have A.D. Mitchell back, right? And he's back, folks. It's not – he's just – he's on the field. He, no, he's making an impact. Arian Smith can take the top off the field. You have your receivers uh, – I mean, your backs out of – that can be receivers out of the backfield with Kenny Mack. And, you know, I think there's so many weapons. Brock Bowers, obviously. There's so many weapons that if you give Seth Smith at time, he can literally just pick you apart. So you're going to – if you're if you're TCU, I would expect some five-man pressure, some six-man pressures possibly, Right. Uh, honestly, you might see them try to stop the uh, stop the run and, and and load the box a little bit. Uh, disguise that though, perhaps. Um, yeah, what are y'all thoughts on that though? On what Roots said? You know, I, I agree with them. I mean, you look at it. You know, Michigan, who you know they're an okay, you know, running team. You know, when you, when they're playing against you know um, tough competition, they ran for 186 yards. Um, so for us to just to line up and run right at them, I know for a fact that we're going to be able to we're going to be able to do that. But I also kind of look for them to kind of do what Ohio State did is really just try to go and sell out on the run. Um, but, you know, the, what they're going to do again, they're, they're going to do those exotic blitzes. They're going to do something crazy. They ended up getting three turnovers versus a Michigan team. We just have to take care of the football. Um, one thing that I like that we have not done in a while is fumble the football. You know, our backs have not fumbled the football, but we have thrown an interception, which is something that, again, this three through five creates havoc. If we can line up, go between the tackles and run the football right down their throats, I, I think that we'll have some success. I was about to say you brought up the excellent point. Go ahead, Kobe. Sorry. And a big thing, look, just looking at their statistics for the year um, on ESPN, you know, this is a very balanced team. They're not used to having to, to beat you one way, even though, you know, we've seen Max Duggan and them win. You know, they're very they're very close. If I pull it back up, we'll see. They During the regular season, they passed for about 270 yards a game, which is good. It was in the top 30. And then they rushed for about 205 yards a game, which is top 20. So, I mean, this, this is a team that, that likes to play complementary football like we do. The, the big thing is, as we all know, is the the constrictor the squeeze that Georgia puts on you is we're going to try to take away one of those things one of those abilities you know more than likely um, to keep you from running the ball and make you throw it. Got to have I mean, Kobe back somehow, Pat back. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. 
What one? What do you think, man? I mean, you know, you, you talk about being balanced, Kobe, and I agree with you, right? Like what we saw against Michigan. Excuse me. You have, you know, we talked about Miller, the running back, but they also have uh, Quentin Johnson, right? He's a fast, big body, folks. He's like six three, six four, right? He's like six three or six four, and he's he has the ability to to you know you know beat you in man. can you know can have some issues if you're not careful that they like I said the team speed of this team offensively defensively will surprise you if you're not ready for it they are they are faster than you think and and even Sonny Dykes mentioned that was one of his best um you know attributes to this team right their team speed that's why so you have to take that into into context as the bane of my existence comes into play, good Lord, uh, Black Adonis has entered the, the brigade for the day. Oh, boy. Um, I, yeah, that the receiver, um, you know, he, he scares me. Um, you know, he's kind of like that whole Marvin, you know, Marvin Harrison type deal. Um, and I, I would not be surprised if he's the first receiver taken off the board in the draft coming up. Um, he's, he's big. He's physical. And uh, I think he's, you know, obviously faster you know, more physical than, than Marvin Harrison. So if Marvin Harrison gave us as much trouble as he did, you could look for, for, for Max Duggan to, you know, look for this guy to be his outlet pretty much every time. Well, and the thing I think the key here is this. While TCU doesn't have the receiver depth that we saw against Ohio State, right? Ohio State was – I feel like Ohio State was our toughest matchup because their strengths tied into our weaknesses just perfectly. So I'm still not knocking, right? I'm not knocking Quentin Johnson because that dude is a baller, right? That kid, that kid can ball. But they've got smaller guys, like number four. Um, If you get them across the flats, right, like little over routes, right? If you're not sound in man coverage, they will cook you. They will cook you. Um, We saw it against Michigan. The thing about it as well is this. We go back to Max Duggan. There were several plays where he was getting chased out of the plot, uh, the pocket, getting flushed out, and at the last possible second, throws that ball, gets it away, and hits Quentin uh, Quentin Johnson in stride for a seventy-six yard bomb, or hits uh, you know hits number four for a touchdown. Right. So to me, you know, if I'm the Georgia's defensive you know front seven, you have to get home. You have to. But the thing is, you also have to respect Max Duggan's ability to run. So from this, you know, it poses the question, how do you game plan against Max Duggan and what they're able to do offensively? Because from what I saw last or this past Saturday, if we get into kind of a scramble drill, we can have some problems. This is what I saw this Saturday. What, what are y'all thoughts on how to how would you game plan against uh, Max Duggan and that uh, receiving core? You're, you're going to have to put a spy on them and, and we're going to have to get we're going to have to get pressure. And even though we you know, you talked about, you know, TCU having smaller receivers or not as as great. Any time that you've got a quarterback that can keep ex- or extend plays with his legs, um, it, it just causes trouble for for that defensive backfield. And you sit there and look at C.J. Stroud. We were not expecting him to do what he was able to do by extending plays. So. You know, if you thought C.J. Stroud was a problem, you know, Max Duggan is like C.J. on 10. 
and and anytime, I mean, anytime Kirby Smart, um, anytime their defense has played against a quarterback like that, I mean, you look at like Bryce Young, you look at C.J. Stroud, you look at even the backup quarterback at LSU who is extending plays. You know, you you've struggled. You look at go back even 2019, Joe Burrow. Anytime we haven't been able to get home to the quarterback and he's been able to extend plays, make you know, make things happen. Receivers run open. I mean, you could go if you want to keep just chopping it back. You go back to when Alabama's was playing Deshaun Watson and all the trouble he gave them and this defense. It, it it just is one of those things that if you don't get home on Max Duggan, he's the kind of guy that can change the game on the way he can extend the play, run if he needs to, and then I mean he has got he has some big. Very good, very fast receivers. You know they're not they're not quite the stable of Ohio State, but I mean they're they're still here. I mean they they are still a really really good wide receiver room. Yeah, I'm looking at you. You know you mentioned the spy, and you're going to have to do that, right? Now the question is, to, if if I'm Georgia, I'm putting Small Monday on him because you have to, he's he's quicker than people put it out to be. However. I'm curious if Jamon Dumas Johnson isn't the spy. And the reason why I say that is this. Depending on the situation, right? You have Miller, right? 33. If he's not able to go, if you if you look at their other uh, other, you know, running backs and things like that, they're smaller but faster, right? They're smaller guys which poses a threat of, you know, out of the backfield, you know, poses that threat. If y'all remember against Ohio State, uh, Pop Johnson got caught and really got put in a bad situation and got cooked for it. That being said, you know, do you rotate spies between the two, or you know, like what what do you think about that potentially? Yeah, I definitely think like any good defense is going to rotate spies because you don't want to line up in a in a passing situation and have Max Duggan automatically be able to account and say, okay, tens my spy. If we run something his way, he's going to be late getting there because he's really more worried about me than he is the actual play. So they're they're going to try to mix it up, give different looks. Um, you know, it definitely was interesting. I think to see against Ohio State, we were gassed or having trouble or whatever. You know, we rotated linebackers. We played both the Tresman Marshall and Ryan Davis on numerous occasions you know, and gave Pop Johnson some, you know, some air and gave Smile Monday some air. It, it, it'll be interesting to see if we see more Pop and Smile, just the two of them, or if there's still a little bit of, like, um, rotation kind of going on. See, I feel like with, with how, if you look at TCU, they mixed it up with their run scheme, right? They weren't necessarily running it, like in, you know, running it dive, they would run dive. They would run outside zone. They would try to stretch it out, right? So to keep you guessing, or not really keep you guessing, but you know, not be too predictable, right? When you look at when you look at the front seven, you know, the edge rushers here, right? Whether it be Chaz Chambliss, uh, Robert Bill, they have to come to play and set the edge because Kendrell Miller or Max Duggan. 
they can get over, they can get around you, and they will, and they will cook you for some yards. I'm just gonna let, we we've talked about that. I think we just want to stress this uh, a little bit more there because you know you have to be sound. We don't want a Brendan Cox situation where you're just getting cooked off the edge, right? We don't want those problems. But at the same time, you look at a guy if they're trying to come in like that right there and try to run between the tackles. Yeah, you know, you could honestly see Chris Smith come down and make some plays. Javon Bullard, I, I think, could have him have himself a big day here as well. Uh, in, in stopping the run and, and forcing the, and trying to force your force their hand to be one uh, more one dimensional, if you will. Um, I see Adonis is causing his chaos. Gotta love it. Um, wow. Apparently, Juan, you're being asked where the camera's at. Adonis made him leave. No way. Stop playing. Stop playing. He, he's going to come back with a vengeance here, folks. I'm just going to let you know that now. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, excuse me. But as we kind of move on here, right, like what are some strengths, Kobe, if, if you're Georgia, what are some strengths um, that you should be able to, to take into context here, knowing what TCU is about? I mean, we talked about earlier, I, I think that they like to to run the ball and they want to establish a good run game and then run play action off of that and be able to scramble, you know. I I think that the biggest thing will be, like any game in, in Kirby's career, can you come up, can you stop the run, can you make them throw, can you make them have to throw the ball during obvious throwing downs, can it be third and 10? Can it be, you know, second and 12? Things like that. You know, you don't want it to be a lot of third and ones, third and twos. Uh, you know, that's any game. But especially here, if you do get them to third and long, you have to get home with your defense. Somebody's going to have to step up on either the D-line, you know, outside linebacker, somebody, you know, not saying Jalen Carter had a bad game against um, against Ohio State because he didn't, but at some point, like, somebody just has to disrupt the game, get to Max Duggan, get him a little, you know, happy feet in the pocket, kind of getting the, rid of the ball early before he's quite ready. You know, that's kind of how Stetson looked in the first half of our game is, you know, he was getting rid of the ball quicker than maybe he needed to be sometimes, so. Um, I think that'll be a big thing for our defense to kind of exploit and try to get him uncomfortable. And it's a big stage. And if you can kind of rattle somebody, there aren't a lot of guys that kind of snap back out of that. Um, yeah. Maybe one of them, he, he, he's a baller. He's a gamer. But I look at, I look at, you know, getting pressure to, you know, onto Doug and making him uncomfortable. The key here is not only do you need to get him down, but force throwaways, folks. Not like make him throw it out of bounds, and not kind of what we saw scramble where you you see him kind of move, 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 and then last second hit it across the middle, right? So it's going to take a team effort to cover these guys. Whether you play man, because I would expect Georgia to play some kind of man defense here. Um, but honestly, I could see. I, I think you're going to see a mix, obviously. Um, but I'm questioning my, ten, you know, what tendency I think you see here, uh, because if if you play zone, listen, if you play zone, you're going to have to make sure you're passing these guys off. George has done that in recent times where you pass these guys off. If you do that, you're going to have to be very communicative and and make sure that you're doing the right things and not get lost with all the communication, if you will. So, 
you know, you're going to have to play sound in the back end and you're going to have to get home. So when you're looking, you, you talked about getting into long third and long situations, winning on first down could be Georgia, uh, Georgia's strength here. If they're trying to run and Georgia is predicated on stopping it, if you're able to do that, you're going to get these guys on second and, you know, second 10, second nine, where you're going to have to force them to get into a third manageable situation. You know, obviously you don't want to connect on, you know, on second down to force and continue drives, if you will, because with the threat of Max Duggan's legs, he can extend plays and, and create first downs with that. So, you know, it, you don't want to tire yourself out. Juan, do you have any anything to say about that before I keep rambling on? I'm cutting. No, I mean, it's, you know, you, you guys are, are making great points. The other thing too that I, that I, you, you know, I wonder or that make, would make me nervous with Sonny Dykes in, in this situation is it going to be a lot of four down, you know, four down territory all over the place? And 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 you take a look at it, you know, even though Kirby, you know, made a, an an awesome effort to call that timeout um, before that fake punt had Ohio state gone for that, if they were aggressive, because I mean, heck they, you know, we scored right after they punted it to us anyways, had they had gone for that and got it, that would have been a backbreaker. And I can just see right now, Sonny Dykes just leaving it all on the field. And, and, and so, you know, we just talked about, you know, like, like Kobe said, we don't want the third and twos and, and, and those third and ones, but if they are third and 11 and they get it to a fourth and four, are they going to be willing to go for it? Are they just going to say, hey, it doesn't matter. Let, 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 let's just go for it. So, again, it's going to be one of those situations we absolutely have to bury these guys, and it's going to start with our defense. You don't want to let these guys stick around. And if, if I'm Georgia and you're up by, say, six, some re- if you're up by six in the fourth quarter with TCU getting a chance to run down the field and, and win the game, I'm nervous because I've we've we've seen we've seen their ability to fight back uh, and win games, right? They've been able to come back from decent deficits all season, so you know it's you know they're capable of it. You and they have it. a good field goal kicker, and and it relates to all, and they have a good field goal kicker for one, but they're special teams too. They're disciplined, right? Like I said, we talked about it earlier. They're disciplined in all facets of the game, so. You know, it could it could get interesting if you're not careful, right? And so, if you're Georgia, you want to put TCU away and not let them come back, right? It, they may score a touchdown or whatever, but if if you're Georgia, you have 60 minutes of football. Well, obviously both teams have 60 minutes, but if you're Georgia, you have 60 minutes. Dominate 60 minutes. Just dominate. We've done it all year, not discrediting TCU, but if you're Georgia. Go out there, play your brand of football, and dominate. Dominate. If you can do that, ultimately, Georgia wins that game, right? If you go, if you can outmatch the physicality, I think you win that game. But, you know, y'all talked about it earlier. I, I think you see a mix here, a blend of, of speed, right? A little bit of finesse, if you will, right? Just saying. Adonis, what is this? The G in Guan stands for great. You gonna, you gonna take that? You gonna, yeah, you gonna take that? You gonna take? That? So Michael Douglas brings up a good point. Uh, we were talking about this, but uh, CJ on Saturday was not on tape. 
Uh, and what I think what he's referencing is his his willingness to move out of the pocket and scramble and things like that. Uh, what you've seen from Max is what we've seen from mobile quarterbacks. His stats weren't that great against Michigan. You still have to be sound in, in those situations too, uh, but but Mike does bring up a good point there, um, and he expects uh, smile, uh, smile to uh, spy more this game. And I, like I said, ultimately you have to do that. You, ha- you have to spy him because he will cook you. He will he will run, and he's not scared to do it. Um, Pat says Juan cannot be saved as long as Adonis is here. Juan, Juan is is, is Adonis coming your bang? Is he becoming your bang? He's, I don't, I I think don't know he's what to, Yeah, he's, I think he's, uh, I think he's starting to become, you know, I, I, I try to take up for him, you know, especially, you know, him being a Florida fan, but, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, yeah. he too, just like Amy, you know, I don't think either one of them want me to be great. And it's, it's starting to make me sad. When you make one sad, no one puts one in the corner, folks. <laughs> and I'm over here in the talk corner. About, talk about someone who needs to be great, though. I just saw it um, earlier before we started the show. Shout out whoever is driving the equipment bus because I saw him packing it, and it has got to go from Athens to L.A. and Good beat the gracious. team. The team's flying out Thursday night or Friday morning. They're leaving. I'm sure the equipment bus is leaving today. I think it's a 23-and-a-half-hour drive. Man, from, from that, it's got to be more than that, right? Maybe. I would think it would be more than that. I think it's probably well, – well, it's going to L.A., so you're probably looking at about 26, 27, depending on traffic and things like that. I mean, it could be more multiple days. You know, no, I mean, I mean it, listen, you don't have a team driver, man. You have team drivers doing that, it's nonstop driving. It's like right. I, I was sitting there – so I was I, – uh, earlier we were uh, responding with the uh, the BMW meme machine Twitter account, folks. I, I, they, they had a picture loading up the meme machine to go out there as well. Man, I you know I had to make my uh, cars reference with the Lightning McQueen situation. Just you know, don't get stuck in, don't get you know, don't have that situation happen. Uh, Good job. Here we go. Two thousand two hundred and sixty miles, one day, eight hours. So I have a question. We talked about that distance. We have a Kobe. You you were on the team when we went out to the Rose Bowl, right? Correct. What was that travel like? Well, now it's a little bit different because this year Georgia went from Atlanta and we just go there and back. But in 2016, 2017, we had to go to the Rose Bowl and then come back to Atlanta on seven days rather than nine. What I want to get your experience on what that travels like from, from a player's perspective since you went out not to the Rose Bowl but L.A. ultimately. So I think the difference um, from, from kind of understanding how it was that year is you spend more time at both sites just because one like obviously they're important to like adjust to the time but also like there are things that like the rose bowl does that are pre-planned throughout the week that like you have to be at like there might be dinner this night it may be going to a children's hospital this day it may be you know like the the night out there we had um like a steak eating contest against Oklahoma. Like, so you had to be there for that. The difference between that and the national championship is it is not really a bowl game type thing. It is just the game. So they don't have like, they may have one dinner planned, but they don't have like you going bowling or you like going to do anything. 
you're just there to play the game and go home. Like, that's it. So I think that's why you'll see the guys will fly out a little bit later. You know, I think officially they fly out Friday morning. So they'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, play the game on Monday. They'll stay the night, Monday night, one way or another, or and then they'll fly back on Tuesday. Um, it, it'll be – It'll be interesting because, like, just getting used to the time was was difficult for for Rose Bowl. But I think four or five days, like, they're going to be out there. It won't be a big deal. They're not going to have a curfew. It'll be, like, super early curfew, like, you know, 9 o'clock room check. So, it it won't impact them quite like it did us when, you know, you're talking about a 1.30, 2.30 curfew L.A. time. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that, that that time zone difference can can really mess you up a little bit. But with the game being at what seven thirty Eastern, you're playing at four thirty local time in LA. So ultimately, right, like ultimately you'll be done, right? Like from a you know from that coverage and, and playing, you'll be done at like eight p.m. right their time. So it's still like a decent time game right, where you're it's it's looking at like a midnight stop or ending game if you will. So it's something. It's not something you know to deal with there, but you just hope you don't fly Southwest, uh, which we're flying Delta, obviously. So we're fortunate there. Um, yeah. You saw yeah. the, you saw the dually planes. I did. That was beautiful, dude. That was beautiful. Uh, I want to read some comments because black Adonis says he watches Juan's <laughs> film every day with his cowboy clicker. He is great. Uh, I just want to let you know, I can see Adonis watching his film with like, like looking like Clark Griswold in the attic with the, with the pink gloves on and the, crying a little bit, you know, like, Oh my God, that's my receiver. Um, let's see here. So Mike Dudley said that uh mattress Mac uh, dropped one and a half mil on TCU. I mean, I get it. Dude. Ain't he from Texas too? But yeah, I mean, he's, like, he's a Texas guy. He, he typically bets the long odds um, favorite. I'm surprised to know. And, and Mike maybe knows. I would imagine he did that like the moment TCU made the playoffs. Is that he bet that they would win the national championship? Because that's when you're getting the yeah. That's when you're going to be able to cash out and make the most. That's when you're getting the best odds. You know, he does a big thing. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen the ESPN special on him, but basically owns a mattress store and he runs a special that you know if you buy a mattress between this day and this day, and he wins that bet your mattress is free. Like he'll return your money that you paid him for that mattress. So, um, so he's, he's, he's balancing it out ultimately. Well, yeah. Well, if he loses the money, he still is making the money from, from selling the mattresses. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he kind of re, kind of recycles that promotional thing. Yeah. Um, but definitely interesting. Cause he, he's, he's lost a lot of money lately. Um, in, until this past year when the Astros won, um, yeah, he's been on a pretty bad streak there for a while. So speaking of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the the line, opening line uh, started at 13 and a half, and I'm thinking it's working its way down a little bit. Uh, by the way, this is a perfect time to drop a little plug here. Uh, the show's brought to you by BetUS. So if you want to sign up, go to dgpodcast.com and look for the BetUS logo and, and start making money uh, betting on this betting on this game. Uh, it's a good time to do it. Um, with that being said, though, you look at the 13 and a half and then it kind of drops, right? Uh, I'm curious to see how it drops and where it drops to. 
And knowing Vegas, they're letting it drop a little bit. And then I have a feeling at the last minute they'll throw a ton of money on Georgia to cover with that small spread and just go from there potentially. Because it, it, it's kind of it's kind of what happened against Tennessee, right? That number dropped and dropped and dropped. And then when it was like, this is too easy money, all you see all the money you know getting them put on Tennessee and then all the money from Vegas gets put on Georgia at the end. And then Georgia just absolutely dominated. So Vegas won big on that one. So I'm curious if it's a similar situation there. Um, Michael Mike Dudley asks, off topic, have we talked about uh, Pierce Sperlin, a.k.a. Kelsey 2.0? No, we haven't really talked about, like, the recruiting with the, All- the All-American games and things like that. Um, definitely just wanted to focus on the TCU because I do think with, with the potential of a second national title in as many years uh, on the line, uh, from our fans' perspective, I, I, if I'm watching this game, I want to be able to sit there and look at look at TCU and be like, oh, yeah, hey, DGD Podcast told us about this guy. What, what do I look at and see what he's doing? Um, but speaking of, uh, I guess we'll talk about it since we're on this topic. Did y'all see that catch that uh, Sperlin caught over Caleb Downs at, at one of the All-American Bowl practices? Yeah, I saw okay. it. That was beautiful. Wanda, Wanda, I still think that was light work from what Juan Daniels could do. Oh yeah, I saw that. yeah, that's like you know, specifically, with no hand. Specifically, like, that's a no hand catch. Well, specifically, Georgia Tech one hand grab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking that's what practice used to look like. Juan versus Kirby. Just give me that mm. facts. Give me that facts. <laughs> so, so I need, I need you since we're coming up on the end of the season. I need you. To do everything in your power, and, and you're and you're as goaded as you are. This can happen. Let's get Kirby Smart on here to answer one question. And if he doesn't want to come on the show, how about we just ask him on Twitter and he can respond through DMs? What do you think? Do you think he'll yeah. do that? Yeah, he, there's think, a good chance. I, I need to. I got. I think the brigade wants to see this happen. I want to see this happen. Adonis definitely does want to see this happen. Or you know what? I, I may just, I, or I may just have to send him a send him a text and then just screenshot it. See, then you got to worry about this though, because like, how do we know that? How do we know that's truly Kirby Smart? Uh, that's a good see point. That's a good point. Because I may just have to have him call into the is, show. Problem is, the man doesn't run his own Twitter either. So I mean, you DM him all you want to. Uh, look at this. Some, so, little, facts, some little social media intern over there is gonna be like, "Sorry, sir, we don't know who you are." You don't know who Juan Daniels is? What? No, in all seriousness, though, right? Like, let's let's kind of wrap this up, and then we can kind of go on a little bit more, too. Um, listen, TCU's are, TCU has earned their way into a national title. They earned it. They earned it. They didn't somehow sneak their way in like people think. They earned it, right? They, they went regular season undefeated, lost in an overtime matchup to Kansas State, um, and, and then, you know, the argument of Alabama in versus, you know, over TCU and all that shit, right? Then they go and handle Michigan the way they did. So, ultimately, Pat, I'm going to need you to chill out with that. And Adonis, for that matter. Y'all, y'all, some, y'all fucked up for that. What I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm catching strays right now, and I didn't even – come on, man. Damn. Here I am trying to talk about this. I'm talking this up, and here we are. Have to deal with the bane of my existence and Pat for all facts. Come on, man. Ten can internet. Man. One. Somebody get Bishop Don. Remove him that's, from the chat. That's, that's bad, man. That means that you just have two cans on string, man. That's. <laughs> that's. 
Juan, I think you invented that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. I'm just, I'm just know, trying to support the goat. I'm just trying to support the goat. That's, <laughs> Why is that a problem? Why is that a problem? <laughs> that said aluminum foil on the end. <laughs> rabbit ears. Yeah, he went way back. Young. Some of these folks might be too young for them rabbit ears, though. <laughs> adjusting it, right? Adjusting it to one side. <laughs> he said streaming from a microwave. <laughs> might as well just. Wow. Wow. This went from a T. This went from a TCU to a roast session real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It went bad. It got bad. Uh, speaking of roast, uh, the show is. Speaking. You ready for this? Speaking of roast, the show is brought to you by Apotheos Roastery, uh, the official coffee and cold brew spot, uh, partner of the Classic City Collective. That's the uh, the NIL collective that Kirby Smart himself has endorsed um, before. So. Obviously, Apotheos, check out our website, dgdpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos. Get you some coffee. Any any blend of coffee, for that matter, will uh, will be involved in supporting the NIL. 20% of each bag sold will go to the collective, by the way. So just giving a shout out to Apotheos there. Um, final thoughts on TCU, guys, before we head to Monday and, and do our Natty preview. Just got to put them away. I mean, that's that that's the biggest thing is, you know, we, we got to bury them. Kill, kill, kill a fly with a sledgehammer type. Kobe, you got anything to any final words, sir? Got to got to score when the opportunity presents itself. You know, we we had some we had some opportunities against Ohio State and early we didn't score late. We did. You know, you look at Ohio State, they were scoring any time they had the opportunity just about. But you look at the TCU-Michigan game, you know, TCU took advantage of, of the opportunities they had to score. You know, returning the pick sixes, stopping the guy, the one with the fumble. Those are those are the times that in this kind of game, if you have an opportunity to score seven points, you need to score seven points. You don't need to kick a three, and you don't need – to, to get sacked and come out of, you know, that opportunity to score points, it, you know. And and like Juan said, you got to beat them two out of three phases of the game, probably three out of three phases of the game, and I think you can do it. Why, why do we got Black Adonis saying Paul's? I need to find out why he's saying this. Bishop. You don't want to know. I, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh-oh. It's uh, it's a couple comments down. You said I'm done. <laughs> and you said some more things. Bandit, bandit. <laughs> my bad. Listen, we we had a we had a very Batman themed show today. If you're not paying attention, we had Razal Ghoul in the chat with uh, Bishop Don. Juan Daniels, I think, is Razal Ghoul in person. Um, like I said. Adonis is the bane of my existence. So, I mean, therefore, I am Batman at that point. Uh, listen, you've never seen me and Batman in the same room, have you, at the same time? Exactly. That's true. Rouge exactly. did say he thought he heard a, a, a dial tone in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you've got mail. No, in all seriousness, though, listen, I, I'm, I'm pumped for Monday. I, I think this will be a – I think this would be a super interesting matchup. Honestly, even before the Ohio State game, I thought that this game would be one of the most interesting matchups because I just think that what, you know, the, I guess you could say the unfamiliarity 
with TCU against what Georgia is, I, I think posed a threat because we knew what we knew what Ohio State was going to bring, and we knew what Michigan brought. But how many people really can sit down and say they knew exactly what TCU was bringing to the table? I'll tell you what. If memory serves me right from the Liberty Bowl, bench warming and killing grass, they're bringing some cheerleaders with them. That's what I hope. <laughs> tisk, tisk. I see what you did. But, no, in all seriousness, though, I expect this to be a good game. I, I, obviously, we want Georgia to win. I think I expect Georgia to win. We'll do a little bit more of that prediction there Monday. Um, but understand this, if when you're watching this before the – you know, before the national title game, they're going to come to play. They're they're going to come to play. You're going to get you're going to get their best shot, like you do everybody. But with all the marbles on the you know, with all the marbles, right? It's for all the marbles. You know, they're you're getting their best shot and then some, because they're just going to give it all the way. They you you can't expect them not to, to do anything less. Um. Okay, so Black Adonis brings up an excellent point. I think we're going to end on this because this is going to be a fun to. Uh, to to play with our friends over here in T-Town uh, called Tuscaloosa. This will be the first time we get the Bama treatment where it's the world versus us. Don't tell Ohio State fans that, though, because apparently leading up to this game Saturday, it was Ohio versus the world. Just saying. But, you know, after the semifinals, I did hear a lot of Bama fans say that they this is why they should have been in. Uh, don't get me started with that. Um, Joel says, go dogs." And with that being said, guys, we hope you have a great weekend, right? No football on Saturday, but there is one game left, and that is the TCU Horned Frogs versus your Georgia Bulldogs, our Georgia Bulldogs. For that so matter. glad that we're in it. So glad we got an extra week of football. Go dogs! Absolutely. Have a great weekend, folks. Make sure to like and subscribe, whether it's on podcasts or YouTube. Like, follow, subscribe. Leave us a review on podcast. If you like what you hear, let us know. Uh, if you're catching this after the live recording, re- listen, I go through comments, so we will respond and talk with you. Uh, do not think that our comment or your comment will not go unheard or unseen. With that and being said, for everybody, you know, just continue prayers to Mar Hamlin. You know, I don't know how many of y'all watched Monday Night Football this week, but uh, just a a terrible incident and, you know, still in ICU critical condition. So just definitely continue prayers for him and his family right now. Um, you know, never like to see that in, in the game of football. Absolutely. That, that right there just made roots bark. Um, again, prayers out to the Hamlins and, and his family as well. Um, with that being said, like I said, make sure to like, follow, subscribe on YouTube, uh, leave us a review on podcasts. And with that being said, go support Apotheos, Bet US. Catch y'all Monday. Go dogs. Go dogs. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.